welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, God had won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Joining me on this midweek edition is the head coach of the WICB's High Performance Centre, Graham West. Hello Graham, how are you? Hi David, uh, very well, thank you. Uh, just returned to, to Barbados from, uh, from my Caribbean travels, <laughs> so uh, just... Uh, Reacquainting myself with uh, with home. Yeah, lovely. Well, th- that's going to be one of my questions. But my my, my first question is: um, is your is that the right job title for you now? Because there's been this uh, reorganisation uh, of the uh, the high performance centre recently into being a high performance program. Yeah, what what I'm now responsible for is is managing the programs that we roll out for for all the players uh, that that pass through um, and. As we move forwards, um, also a lot of the programs will be delivered regionally, so there will be a lot more communication between myself mm. and the coaches on, on the ground, um, particularly with, with the franchises that are now in place. Yeah. And in time, we, we hope we'll be able to, to deliver more, particularly for the young emerging cricketers. Yeah. Yeah, this is all part of the, uh, the the new things that have been put in place by Richard Pybus and um, uh, directing things towards those goals. I mean, you spoke at the beginning there. You've just been uh, uh, spent most of the last month on the on the road with Vasbut Drakes. Uh, your wife Joe must be uh, glad to see you home. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, it was a very good trip. Uh, I got to places that I hadn't been uh, previously. Um, in places like Guyana, St. Vincent and St. Kitts, plus the, uh, the into Jamaica and, and Trinidad uh, previously. But um, it was it was to catch up with the under-19 players that we spent some time with in August after the regional under-19 competition. Uh, as we build up towards the World Cup, which is scheduled to be in Bangladesh in mm. January, um, it was important. We felt it was important to get out to the uh, to the players and particularly to, to meet with their coaches to pass on our thoughts or that we things that we'd seen during the camp, uh, where we see each player fitting into the squad, their their role, uh, the type of uh, skills that, that they're going to need, and the things, the areas that we would like them to to be working on at the moment. Uh, we are fortunate in that uh, in both St. Kitts and in Guyana, the players are involved with the uh, professional franchise. Yeah. So it was a case of uh, observing some of the work they were doing there, talking to the coaches. Uh, clearly, the franchises at the moment are, are spending most of their time working on red ball cricket preparation for the first class season. Hmm. But um, you know the fact that the guys are involved, working alongside. You know, take Guyana. You've got um, Chander Paul there. A great, um, the great experience that he has that he's passing down to some of the younger players. They're they're, they're clearly in a in a good place. Mm. Um, their fitness levels are very good. They're, they're they're doing a lot of fitness work. 
Um, so yeah, from that point of view, it was it was very good. In some of the other regions, that the players are still at school. So in Trinidad and Jamaica, right. we were we were mindful to travel at weekends, so we didn't take the players out of school. Hmm. Uh, but we met with the schools coaches in, in Jamaica that, that work with players on a daily basis. And in Trinidad, we met with David Williams, um, who will be overseeing the academy program that the boys will be uh, beginning uh, very shortly at the uh, National Cricket Centre at Coover. Hmm. Yeah. The, uh, as you said, this came uh, as a follow-up, really, to the, the under-19 uh, tournament earlier this year um, that uh, Guyana retained. Uh, was it a successful tournament? It was a very competitive um, tournament because a lot of the sides were, were very evenly matched. Um, the conditions in, in Jamaica didn't assist the spinners as, as much as some of the competitions that I've seen. Um, and in fact, it was the seam bowlers that, uh, that were the key in, in many of the games hmm. to, uh, to winning and losing. Some, there were some good performances by the batters, but, uh, but by and large, it was the, it was the seam bowlers that, uh, that stood out. Hmm. And um, yeah, certainly the, the sides that, uh, that did well had a good um, selection of, of fast bowlers. And when, when we were putting together a, a squad of players... It was it was a fast bowling department that we felt was was the strongest. Mm. Well, that's that's good to hear. There's been uh, a lot of emphasis on the on the lack of fast bowlers coming through. So you're you're encouraged by uh, the young talent you're seeing emerging. That was that was very encouraging. But um, interestingly, in the under seventeen competition that I um, saw in Tobago, there was very little um, in in respect to to fast bowlers. Um, mm. The spinners completely dominated. So, you know, within the two-year um, grouping, if you like, uh, there, was, there was quite a contrast. Um, conditions in Trinidad and sorry, in Tobago were possibly a little bit more favourable, but uh, the fast bowlers on, on display uh, at the under-17 level were, uh, just didn't, didn't really offer a great deal. And uh, the, well, I've, I've watched the, the footage that's on the WICB's uh, uh, website of, uh, of of the competition that that, that they put up. Uh, you pop up from time to time, seemingly uh, deep in conversation uh, with Courtney Walsh and others. It, it must be wonderful to have people like him around these young cricketers. Very much so. Um, they have so much to offer, um, and I think that was that was one of the things that, that really struck me. When, when we were, were traveling around the Caribbean uh, recently, there was there's so many people out there with a lot to offer. Mm. It's just a question of um, getting them in the right positions and, and getting the timing right to be able to pass it down. Um, I mean, I've listened in to, to some of the discussions that Courtney, both the Courtney's and LD and the three selectors have had, and within within the space of uh, a couple of minutes. They can they can offer something to a young player which is which is of great value, and I'm sure we'll, we'll stick with those young players for for many years. Uh, you mentioned the selectors there. Is it the same uh, panel of selectors that will be selecting the under nineteen World Cup squad, or will you ha- have a a vote, as it were? It's the same panel. Uh, myself and Vasper clearly uh, put our thoughts uh, to to the panel as we've we've worked with these players and we've. We've seen these players now, some of them for, for a pretty much a 12-month period. Um, 
but it's been helpful having the selectors watching some of the games. And Courtney Brown's been involved with the management of the squad, so he's got a, a good take on, on the personalities in the group as, as well as the uh, the playing skills. Hmm. The uh, just just to, just to rewind uh, um, for a moment. Um, one question that many listeners may be wondering is how how did an Englishman end up in this position as the uh, head coach of the High Performance Centre in the Caribbean? Well, I kind of followed in the footsteps of, of Toby Radford, who uh, who began the the program when it was initially set up through Ernest Hilaire and, and Hilary Beckles. Um, and, and interestingly enough, I followed Toby into his role at Middlesex as the academy director as well. So there was a <laughs> A bit of uh, history repeating itself, but Toby was the Toby was the link. Um, I'd seen him in the UK um, after he'd been completed his work here, and he mentioned to me that he um, he was still in touch. He was doing some consultancy work for for the West Indies Cricket Board, and that they hadn't found uh, someone to replace him, like possibly six to nine months on. Hmm. Casually said that uh, well. If, uh, if there was an opportunity, then I would be uh, interested, and uh, that kind of got the ball rolling. <laughs> I'm sure you've got uh, uh, plenty of work to, to do there, um, but uh, long, longer term in your own career, uh, uh, Graham, are you, you going to follow in Toby's uh, uh, footsteps? You gonna, uh, would you like to uh, be coach at Glamorgan, for example, in the future? Well, Toby, Toby kind of went back to his roots at Glamorgan, because uh, particularly when you talk about rugby, he's, he's a Welshman. He <laughs> uh, doesn't always uh, mention that, but uh, but right now it seems to be at the forefront of his uh, his discussions. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he um, he was very very keen to to return to Glamorgan. I think uh, Hugh Morris's involvement was also significant. Clearly, it's a it's a challenging county to work for, given the the limited resources they have compared with many of the other sides in in, uh, in England. But a great challenge, and I think he's he's pretty happy with with how it's gone so far. Um, I, in terms of the future, I, I certainly um, have plenty of work to be do, to be done here, and, and lots yeah. of things to achieve. Uh, beyond there, I, I'd be I'm very open to uh, to the direction that that, uh, that that things will lead. But clearly, at the moment, the, the challenge is, is is very great here, and still. Something that I uh, really enjoy, uh, you know, every day. Uh, there's, there's something to uh, to be done and uh, a player to be supported, and that's really where I, my emphasis is at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we'll return to the present, or or at least to the immediate future. Uh, we were looking ahead to the uh, Under-19 World Cup in in the new year, um, but presumably. There must be a little doubt over the competition, or certainly the venue of the competition, which is due to be in Bangladesh, in this week in which uh, Australia uh, cancelled their tour and then the South African women. Um, that, that must be a little bit of a, a, a nagging worry. We are most, most definitely. I mean, we've been following it um, a little bit and clearly there is a, a sort of heightened awareness at the moment hmm. that uh, the Australian situation really brought that home. Uh, I have been to Bangladesh before um, and I know that um, it does come with its challenges and of course the West Indies on the 19 side uh, returned early um, after an incident close by to them uh, two years ago. Hmm. So there's, there is a little bit of history there and I'm sure that uh, 
everything that can be done uh, prior to us leaving will take place to ensure that uh, that we are safe. I, I presume at, at this stage there would still be time for the ICC to move it to a different location. Hmm. But um, the clock is ticking and um, I guess a decision will have to be made fairly soon. Yeah. Now, and, and like you guessing purely, um, with security concerns and things like that, it's clearly not going to come to Pakistan. It's uh, perhaps unlikely to go to Sri Lanka. Um, India would be the obvious place for a relocation. Yeah, I think it would. Um, possibly the UAE is it's quite popular, isn't it, with mm. the ICC being housed there as well. So I'm sure there's, there's a couple of options. Um, it be interesting because the, the women's tour that's been postponed, they're talking about that uh, being put back a couple of weeks, aren't they? So these sorts of things need to happen, mm. I, uh, I anticipate, for, uh, for things to move forwards. Yeah. Um, a year ago, you were touring with uh, uh, the uh, A-side in Sri Lanka, where the, uh, the full side is now. Uh, that's something I'd <clears throat> like to talk to you about in terms of the conditions and things. But it was a challenging tour for you a year ago because it was happening simultaneously with uh, uh, the ODI side withdrawing out of India. That, that must have been a time of a great deal of uncertainty for a lot of those players. Yeah, it was it was a it was a difficult tour, and the timing was 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 also awkward because it was just before our first game, um, and, and clearly it compromised some of the players mm. um, in terms of initially the WICB were looking at sending a replacement team, which uh, a number of players would have would have come from from our tour, mm. both because of the experience of those players, but also. They'd just been in in camp for the best part of a month, so they were in they were in good uh, in good touch to, to to play at that uh, type of level. So uh, it was it was it was unfortunate um, because it certainly did create a problem um, for for the management team and also the the kind of the unity within the group. I felt um, when we when we completed the one day series, which was on. Un- Unfortunately, um, affected by the weather at the end, hmm. uh, that that all the players had, had learned a great deal about themselves and the, and the coaches are likewise hmm. in, in terms of in terms of getting through um, the, the tour. We were very well looked after in Sri Lanka. It's a, for those that, that haven't been there, it's a fantastic place to to travel uh, to sightsee, but but also as a as a keen sportsman, not just cricketer. Uh, to see the youngsters in Sri Lanka um, in, in the whole range of sports, the academies that take place there, the, the school sport. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's really sort of, certainly in Colombo, it's, it's a thriving area for, for young sportsmen and women, which is, uh, yeah, uh, it's, good, it's good to see. Not something I didn't expect to see um, rugby academies and, <laughs> and several other sports that you wouldn't necessarily associate with, uh, with Sri Lanka. But, um, but yes, yeah, so it was it was a difficult start to the tour, um, and I guess the the four day uh, matches uh, were were challenging because there was some there was some bad weather around. Um, certainly, the second and the third game were both affected. We lost a lot of time, which ultimately um, forced the draw in in both of those games. And the first game, we we just took. 
sort of the best part of uh, a day and a half to really settle, yeah. and by then the, the, the game was uh, was away from us. Therefore, we didn't really get the chance in, in games two and three to, to really turn things around as as we felt we had the ability to do so. Um, and when you look at the, the opposition that we came up against, a lot of those players, so Sri Lanka, have, have played a lot of uh, senior team cricket since mm. then. Uh, and the spinner that, that uh, did the damage in, in games two and three is the one that's been um, called recently Hopefully. for having uh, mm. a questionable action, <laughs> shall we say. Yes. Um, something, I was, something I was commenting on the other day is that the... the um, the problem with all of this is that uh, those those results stand uh, despite the, the bowler having a, a suspect action. I mean, things like the Olympics, if you're found to be um, a drug cheat, um, you get you the result get, gets reversed. You, they take away your medals and your achievements. Um, whereas, I guess for us in, in cricket, so, so it's a little bit of a regret when you look back at uh, how a player dominated a game and, and, and now is, is sort of called to uh, to account for his uh, his methods. For his action, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, just to recap, in that series you, you lost the, the first of the three four-day games heavily, but as you say, that was uh, you were acclimatising and had this great uh-huh. cloud over you, and then two nip-and-tuck uh, draws that could have gone either way. Uh, then you lost the first one day by six runs, Duckworth-Lewis method, could have gone either way, and then the second game was a no result at half-time, and it didn't even uh, get on the field in the third game. So you came away without without a win in a, in a series and a tour in which you did genuinely compete. Well, and the, and the one the, the one game that we uh, that we lost in in the one day series was we were unfortunate to lose a wicket with about uh, six balls to, to as, it, as it turned out six balls left in the get left in the game um, and had we got through I think we were one down or two down had we not lost that wicket we would have, we would have won the game on the, on the Duckworth Lewis uh, method which is not the most ideal way to win a game of cricket but that was those the margins with which. Uh, you're dealing with at the highest level. I, I remember you telling me um, when you returned uh, from that tour, as, as we said, it had its it had its troubles, but how inspirational uh, Sir Vivian Richards was on that tour. Yeah, very much so. It's um, for someone like myself to, to spend any amount of time uh, with someone that you relate to as, as, as one of the, the true greats and, and certainly for me my sort of education and as a youngster learning about the game was was very much built around the England and West Indies series of the times when England were getting beaten 5-0 <laughs> um, and, and seeing the likes of, of Sophia sort of playing so, so well uh, at, the, at the top of his game so interesting when when you see him in a coaching environment, uh, your uh, expectations are clearly uh, very high in, in how he will go about things, the impact that he will have on players, and his method that that I've witnessed is very much about encouragement, very much about uh, positive mentality, or all, all the sorts of things that you associate with with his uh, his performances on the field. Um, he, you know, he's able to generate um, sort of the real uplifting atmosphere through his, his discussions with the players, both 
individually and collectively. And when we um, when we came together again this year with the with the President's Eleven that played against Australia, mm. uh, it just sort of it just reinforced that having had had time to take stock of how he um, interacted with the players, the the positive effect that he had, uh, it was it, it was even more uh, refreshing this time round to to be able to reacquaint myself with with him um, and and. You see, we had the players for a much shorter period um, for that game against Australia. But, uh, you know, the feeling coming away from it was that all of the management staff have managed to, to really generate a, a positive atmosphere and environment uh, in a very short space of time, mm. uh, which was just a lot of the credit was, was to Sevilla. And, and we were in Antigua, so he was uh, in his, uh, in his home, on his home patch. It, it... Uh, so, yeah. It, it 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 defines how many great players, former players, there are with so much to offer to the younger players. You're also quite clearly demonstrating um, the the great value of ATORs and expo- exposing younger players to the experience. I mean, by my reckoning, Graham, on this tour that the West Indies are now on in Sri Lanka, there's no less than seven players that were there with you last year. That's Bishu, Blackwood, uh, Brathwaite, Craig and Carlos. Shannon Gabriel, and then from the one-day sides, uh, Jonathan Carter and Andre Fletcher. Yeah, so the, and this is a thing that they're going to be playing some of the same venues. So the the A tours have, have um, many um, reasons behind um, the, their their delivery, their execution. Um, clearly, you're going to play against players that, that will move up to the to the next level, like those players. Um, so they'll be familiar not only with the the conditions, but also uh, the the opposition. Um, so, but but also just the the, um, the the step up from first class cricket. That there has to be something that provides these players with a a bridge to the to the senior team, and, yeah. the, and the 18 cricket is is fantastic for that. Um, we took a squad to Sri Lanka that that was a real mix of, of experience from Sonny Lambrecht, who'd only played half a dozen first-class games, um, to the likes of Kirk Edwards, and Nikita Miller, Shane Shillingford. Clearly, a lot of first-class and international experience, and then other guys somewhere in the middle. Um, so that was that was also one of the challenges of, of that particular squad, in that you had a lot of players. At different levels or different stages, um, trying to push their their claim to to get back into the senior team or to to, to make a little bit more of a name for themselves to establish themselves. Um, and for some of the younger players, it, it really was just to uh, take in the the atmosphere, take in the the, the surroundings and what it's like to be on a, on a West Indies tour. Mm. A year on from that difficult tour, as we say, they're they're in Sri Lanka now. Not dissimilar circumstances with the uh, uh, the cloud, with the suspension of uh, Phil Simmons. There, it's going to be difficult for these players to uh, put that out of their minds and uh, uh, knuckle down to, to the to the cricket. Uh, do they have a chance in this series? I feel that they have a chance because Sri Lanka are, are clearly in a, in a rebuild process. Um, they've lost two of the, the finest batters that have played international. Um, Sangakkara and, and, and Jai Warner, mm. and no no side can can replace uh, that sort of quality uh, in a short space of time. So there's certainly um, 
there's cause for, to, to be positive from from the opposition side of things. Um, from from the, uh, from the from the West Indies side, it's it's a young side, and it's a it's a side that is growing and learning. And as I mentioned with the the President's eleven that, that played recently, I think there's a very good vibe within the group. A lot of players have, uh, have played together um, for for a little bit of time now. Um, certainly, the work that's gone on here that, that many people may not be aware of, but certainly. Uh, the batters have spent a lot of time here in Barbados developing their skills. Um, the likes of Craig Brathwaite and Shay Hope uh, worked uh, for sort of three, four weeks with, with Phil Simmons before leaving to, to Sri Lanka. So I think a lot of the players are in, are in a good place. Um, there's, a, there's a strong sort of Barbadian feel to that group, mm. uh, which I think can be a positive because, um, because that group certainly um, exude some, some, some talent, um, some, some youthfulness, and I'm sure it can uh, integrate with, with the other players to ensure that the, the, the key moments when, when you get under pressure uh, in these games, as, as they will, I'm sure, they've got to battle their way through. Um, and they did that in, at times in the England series. Um, and possibly not quite as, as as well in the Australian series, but it's it's fighting through those moments. And when they do get on top, mm. and over the last three or four years, um, the West Indies have got themselves into good positions, whether it's taking early wickets or a couple of good partnerships. But it's about really cashing in on those. And, and certainly the Australia series was a good example, where a couple of times uh, the bowlers did make early inroads, but then... Um, were unable to, to really push push home the advantage. The Australians got away, um, and then they certainly didn't didn't uh, let us off the hook when they got on top. Mm. No, I, 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 it's it's ironic. There's there's two Englishmen here discussing how much uh, how high our hopes are for West Indies in in Test cricket, passionately wanting them to do well. Uh, you mentioned just then about uh, the exuberance of uh, the Caribbean and particularly of Barbados. Uh, just. To, as towards the end here, on a on a frivolous note, uh, Graham, you've had great opportunities uh, there in in Barbados. But one I just want to ask you about as an experience um, earlier this year, uh, you were a, a, a summariser on the Test match uh, commentary on the on the radio. You got to sit alongside uh, Aggers himself, Jonathan Agnew. H- how was that? I did, and it was it was. I, I really enjoy it. You know the the opportunity to to watch cricket and. To, to share views and, and opinions, um, it's something that uh, I didn't think I would get the chance to do, but it presented itself. Um, <laughs> I have to say, uh, Jonathan Agnew didn't, didn't let me get too many words in, but, <laughs> but listening to him was uh, was a real education. Um, uh, but not as challenging as, as having to sit alongside Andrew Mason, who would constantly <laughs> put me under, under a little bit of pressure with some searching questions. <laughs> well, somebody who spent two and a half years in the studio with uh, uh, on a weekly basis with Andrew Mason being challenging, I know what you mean. Um, just, just finally, to sort of um, as we wrap up, um, challenges for the for the future for West Indies cricket. It's down where it is. It's well documented. Um, what you're working with with the youth players, but apart from work developing the, the youth players, what to you? are the immediate challenges and things that West Indies needs to overcome? Well, I guess from, from the, the level that I'm involved in at the moment, um, we're going to go to World Cup. 
with uh, very little match experience, uh, match practice under our belt in terms of playing against other uh, international teams. Now, if you look at what the Australian under-19s have done in the last 18 months, or the Sri Lankan under-19s, or the Indian under-19s, uh, they've been playing a lot of cricket, both home and away, um, so they've got familiar with the conditions um, in Bangladesh or something similar. Uh, but they will have, they'll have their, their, their patterns of play, the methods that they're looking to do, the, the players will know their roles and responsibilities. And we're going to be playing catch-up mm. uh, when it comes to that. If you also look, uh, we've, as you said, it's 12 months since the A-team tour. There's been no A-team activity since then. Mm. Um, but again, if you look at the, the England Lions, if you look at the Australians, uh, the Indians, the Sri Lankans, there's as much A-team cricket at times going on as there is senior team cricket. And all those players are benefiting from, from the experience of playing in different conditions, of playing against players that they're likely to then come up against um, somewhere further down the line. Um, and, and without that, um, our players are going to be uh, moving into international cricket at the moment without that foundation of, of having competed, uh, admittedly at, the, at a slightly lower level, hmm. but without the experiences. And it was it was interesting as an example when, uh, when the President's Eleven played against Australia. You had Jamel Warwick and bowling against uh, the Australians, and. And he said to me that you know he just hadn't played against or he hadn't bowled against batters that operated in the way the Australians did. How quickly they were to come down the wicket as soon as he mm. um, gave the ball an opportunity. Um, mm. So that, that sort of learning without an eighteen program and an under nineteen program, um, it's, it's that much harder when you when you get to the top. It takes that much longer to establish yourself um, and, and be competitive. And that's ultimately the situation as, as it stands at the moment. Is the West Indies need to be competitive, home and away, yeah. in, in all forms of the game. And we, we know, T20-wise, that we have some of the very best players in the world here. Mm. Uh, but there's been very little 50-over cricket domestically in the Caribbean. Um, and, and similarly, there's, a, there's just a limited amount of preparation for guys going into the, to the senior team. And I think... Um, Right now, that, that presents a, a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I read a piece on uh, the Trinidad Tobago Cricket Board's uh, website today uh, that, that quoted you in terms of the Under-19 World Cup, that uh, the immediate objective is to uh, get through the group stage. Uh, is that realistically the height of the ambitions for that tournament? Well, I guess you've got you to start um, from, from, from somewhere. We know that uh, we're in a group with England... Zimbabwe and, and Fiji. Our first game is against England, so mm. clearly <clears throat> that's going to be a, a real indicator in terms of where the team is at. A positive result in that game, and that really sets us up for the for the tournament. Yeah. Um, as I said, we, we are playing catch up with with some of these sides, um, and our team is, is still a little bit of an unknown quantity to us. We feel that we have a lot of potential. But until we see these guys in, in certain situations, we, we're going to be a little bit uncertain. Um, certainly to, to go to Bangladesh, we, we've identified three or four bowlers that have real potential to bowl, to bowl fast and could, could be really effective um, in those conditions, particularly against batters that aren't familiar with, 
quick bowlers that can get the ball through and, and get the ball to bounce. Um, but these, uh, you know, these guys aren't the finished article, and, and therefore there is going to be a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of un unpredictability uh, about they perform. And, and likewise, some of the batters have, have a great potential. Uh, but don't have at the moment, don't have the scores to, to back up that potential. So, um, look, we would, we as, as I'm sure most of the sites going to the competition will, will want to be uh, there to, to, to win win the competition. Only one team can do so. Yeah. So on that basis, everybody else goes home disappointed. But certainly, uh, we will be looking for a number of these players to, to step up and emerge. Um, that, that will then hopefully come through in the future. Yeah. And, and also to learn, having played in the World Cup and ICC competition, having played against players from uh, all parts of the world. We play South Africa and Scotland in our, in our two warm-up games. You couldn't probably get much more of a contrast than, uh, than those two sides. But hopefully all the games that we play will, will create uh, opportunities and experiences if we can get through the group stage, uh, then you're two games away from a final. You're possibly mm. two two guys producing performances that can then win a game. And uh, the last World Cup, although it didn't quite work out, the innings that Nicholas Peran played mm. was was one of those types of innings that um, that can win a game and, and, and take you towards a, a World Cup. So, I mean, we we've got to be realistic. Um, and, and as I said, some of these players are still a little bit of an unknown quantity. But we should certainly ensure that uh, the guys are prepared, the guys are ready, uh, they clearly understand how we want them to play the game, the roles and responsibilities that, that we're looking for them to, to execute. And if we do that, then, then we know, because from, from previous well, under-19 World Cups, that West Indies have always performed well and, and been a a team that, that other sides are looking to, to, to beat and uh, kind of gauge their abilities uh, against us. Mm. Anything's possible. Um, let's hope it's uh, part of a, a more general upward trend in uh, West Indies cricket. Uh, I hope as well, Graham, that uh, uh, amongst your busy schedule, sometime nearer the time, that uh, we can chat again uh, before you go on that uh, away to that competition. That'd be every year. We could. I can give you a little bit more of an insight, hopefully, into some of the players that we'll be taking, the, the players to look out for, um, and, and how we've uh, how we've progressed our, our preparations. At the moment, the players are, I, th I feel very safely in the hands of, of their territories and mm. I'm working there. And the next couple of months will, will be important for them to, to make sure that they progress as best as they can in uh, in sort of preparation for what we're going to be doing with them in the Caribbean in, in December uh, and then when we travel to, to Bangladesh in January. Yeah. Well, I'll look forward to that. Um, Graham, thank you ever so much uh, for sparing the time uh, to chat to me. That's a pleasure. And uh, this has been a, a midweek edition of uh, The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, and I hope you can join me again uh, next time. Goodbye.